Hey everybody, welcome to OK Talks. I'm your host, Oliver Kendall. So as I mentioned by recent, hey, sorry I ghosted you episode, I'm trying to bring this show back in some form, uh, even if that doesn't necessarily mean a fairly polished, decent length editorial format like before. Still really not sure how this is going to look exactly. But I want to try to come here and lend my perspective as an American political nerd with a background in foreign and defense policy and experience in the U.S. domestic political space who's spent quite a decent chunk of my adulthood outside the country. Hey, <laughs> look at that. Turns out I remember the intro. Oh, I should also mention uh, that I don't speak in any way for the folks at my day job on this show, just me. Yeah, this lead-in's gonna need some work. Bear with me. <laughs> in any case, this last week came with a piece of news that I wanted to come and talk to you about. Um... You may or may not have heard that Mikhail Gorbachev, the last leader of the Soviet Union, just passed. Uh, his death, to me, represents a strange sort of tragedy amidst everything going on. Uh, for a number of reasons, but particularly because Gorbachev was a rare, decent leader among the almost invariably horrific monsters that have usually led Russia, which is its own sort of tragedy, that that country seems doomed to be usually represented by people who are at best callous and incompetent like the last couple of czars, or often some of history's most famous monsters, either the terrible Stalin, Putin. Looking back through its history, Russia really does just seem to have been doomed to have a higher than normal number of really terrible leaders who inflict awful damage on their own people. And unfortunately, that damage is often not really contained to Russia. Um, Vaclav Havel uh, was a, a famous Czech playwright, poet, uh, president, who said at one point, quote, uh, I think that after many centuries, there is a kind of Russian problem, that Russia doesn't know exactly where it begins and where it ends. This seems to me the most generous way I can possibly imagine of saying that if you look at its history, and certainly not just its past, uh, Russia does seem to have a real, uh, violent conquest streak. Now, a lot of attention has been paid in the last couple of decades by historians and by people uh, in general to the horrors inflicted on people colonized by certain distant Western powers who took territory and then inflicted varying degrees of cruelty and suffering uh, on the people in those territories. That's good. Uh, that should be talked about, and it's a good thing uh, that people have apparently seemed to, for the most part, that public perception of that historical past is largely negative. But at the same time, Russia seems to have been largely given a pass on the issue of colonialism, and I think that the people of Georgia, Chechnya, Belarus, or indeed Ukraine, could probably tell us that we ought to stop doing that. So, for the record, could the people of the Czech Republic, Poland, Romania, Kazakhstan, and a whole lot of other now-free, to varying degrees, countries? Because, although I hate to ever agree with Ronald Reagan, the Soviet Union was an evil empire. It was responsible for the deaths of tens, if not hundreds of millions of people that it controlled involuntarily during its existence. Within Russia and the other various countries that it controlled, the USSR was a totalitarian klepto-state where the people suffered, there was 
very little self-determination. Those who in any way challenged the Kremlin had a way of either disappearing or having a tragic accident involving a high window or something. And it was a state that unequivocally represented a clear menace to all its neighbors. Sound familiar? <laughs> yeah, I bet it does. And the fact that you could reasonably ask me now, wait, Oliver, were you describing the USSR or were you describing Russia the way it is now a few decades later, is why in the middle of everything else that's going on right now, the passing of Gorbachev, one of the few, I think, really fundamentally decent leaders of a Russian empire feels, I don't know, feels darkly symbolic, feels like, I don't know, like tragic poetry. Now, it's not to say Gorbachev was a perfect figure, you know, but Michael McFaul uh, is the former U.S. ambassador to Russia under Obama's first term in office. Uh, he had deep experience in that country. Like, he was sort of on the ground as an activist in the 90s during the early days of Russia's brief, tragically temporary, foray into democracy, who is now both banned from the country uh, and possibly one of the most articulate and informed Western critics of Vladimir Putin that I'm aware of, uh, said on Twitter the other day, the day Gorbachev died, that it's hard to think of a single person who altered the course of history more, sorry, altered the course of history in a more positive direction than Mikhail Sergeyevich Gorbachev. McFall clarified that as a younger person, he wasn't satisfied with Gorbachev. He didn't think that, you know, Gorbachev was reforming the USSR quickly enough. But stepping back here, it's hard not to see Mikhail Gorbachev as a really incredible and and rare historical figure, like an, really an aberration, a product of a truly vile system who did yeoman's work to reform it, to reform it, and once it was clear that it was going to fall apart, which would inevitably mean the loss of his own immense power as like the singular ruler of a superpower, he did not resort to violence to hold on to his power in a system where resorting to violence is not only like an acceptable option, it was the default. Him deciding to not violently crush the peaceful coup, basically, that ended one of the most harmful totalitarian regimes in human history, freed millions of people both in and outside of Russia, he sent Russia in a good direction. And now a bunch of the people that he freed, at least some of the ones, many of the ones in Russia where he is now quite unpopular, spit at his memory because tragically they either think or have been brainwashed to think that they were better off under the USSR. Now, in fairness, it should be noted, like, the collapse of the Soviet Union was incredibly traumatic for a lot of the people that lived through it. I mean, this is just, a widely acknowledged fact, and, and on a personal level, like, I've talked to Russians who lived through that period, like, I get that it was a huge mess. But to think that the mess after the USSR fell apart was somehow, like, all Gorbachev's fault and not, not uh, the fault of you know, decades of horrific repression and mismanagement seems just delusional to me. <laughs> I can't resist also just, like, 
going on a little bit of a side note here to roll my eyes at the resentment that so many Russians, chiefly among them their new czar, seem to feel toward the West for the difficulties they faced after the Union fell apart. It's, I'm sorry, it's just childish. The West didn't make the USSR consolidate all of its industries into neat little monopolies for rapacious oligarchs to gobble up. The West didn't, like, build the mafia or create any of the other host of ills that occurred within Russia after the wall came down. I know a lot of countries uh, struggle with self-examination. Certainly, uh, my own country is definitely uh, not uh, without that tendency on occasion, unfortunately. But the tendency in Russia toward just total blame shifting to avoid embarrassment rather than addressing the root cause of any of the problems along with the petty resentment toward potential partners that that generates, you know, it's probably a big reason why the largest country in the world with endless resources was already a complete basket case with an economy like the size of like Portugal or Texas or something, even before it decided to launch a genocidal campaign against the neighbors, resulting, deservedly, in crippling sanctions from most of its former trading partners. On that topic of scapegoating, it was, it's been just surreal the last couple of days to see a bunch of Russians interviewed on television in the last few days about Gorbachev's legacy and see not all, certainly, but the vast majority responding with some iteration of, yeah, well, screw him. He shouldn't have let the USSR fall apart. We were better off. Watching this gave me a really intense desire to teleport to Moscow, magically become fluent in Russian, and just yell at these people. Some iteration of, okay, first off, no, you weren't better off. You missed the bread lines. And second, like, try going today and telling the people of, I don't know, Poland, the Baltic states, Romania, Bulgaria, East Germany, the Czech Republic, the various stands, Hungary, and a whole bunch of others that they were better off in the Russian Empire. <coughs> I'm sorry, the Soviet Union. Hell, even any Ukrainians who aren't too busy hiding in a bomb shelter or blowing up enemy tanks would tell you in a heartbeat they're better off free of the USSR. If, if I'm sorry, if living under Russian control was so great. Why are the Ukrainians now more united than they've ever been, fighting tooth and nail against the glorious special military operation to create Nova Russia? No group of people, except apparently a good number of Russians nowadays, actually think that they would have a better life if they weren't free of the Soviet Union. But that's it, isn't it? It wasn't about a better life. Not really. Maybe once somewhere, sometime, it really was about a global worker's paradise or something. But ultimately, it seems that the Soviet Union was really just the Russian Empire with different branding. I mean, why else does it always seem to turn out that the only people on Earth who have any sort of, like, pride over Soviet history always seem to end up being Russians? Well, okay, Russians and the occasional aging leftist iconoclast type for whom... Vladimir Lenin himself helpfully gave us the term useful idiot. There's nothing, there's nothing more noble or in fact more acceptable about ordinary Russians who say the USSR shouldn't have broken up uh, than there is about a Spanish person saying that Spain should still be in Peru or a Brit saying that the UK should still be in India. Gorbachev, 
did the right thing as the leader of the Soviet Union and deliberately gave more independence to the, let's call them what they were, colonies, effectively, that formed the Warsaw Pact. He did the right thing and allowed like millions of non-Russian people controlled by a Russian empire, effectively, to start to become free. And then, even if perhaps grudgingly, did so again for Russians themselves. By doing this, he he created an opportunity for the millions of Russians living at the time, whether he meant to do it or not, to have a shot at some sort of normalcy. It's too bad they messed it up. And the fact that the brief Russian attempt at democracy ultimately failed, and that so many in Russia now apparently look back wistfully at a truly awful situation that existed before is a reminder about how important it is that after some sort of massive wrongdoing by leadership, that there be some sort of truth and reconciliation moves that get made. For example, the fact that Russians today, ostensibly independent of the USSR, that they once formed a part of, apparently now, according to multiple polls, see Stalin, a man who uh, probably was, no, almost certainly was responsible for more deaths than Hitler. Uh, they see him in a positive light and Gorbachev as a screw-up, which is a testament to how important it is to, A, hold bad leaders to account in their time. Like, meaning, as a side note, <laughs> Anybody saying that prosecuting Trump now for his crimes would be bad for the country because something, something, unrest are wrong. Uh, and B, that it's so important to actually dig into, continue to remember, like acknowledge history like the Germans have done so admirably after all the wrong they did in the first half of the last century, rather than whitewashing it, like Putin has done with Stalin and the USSR, like Turkey has famously done around like denying the Armenian genocide and and like some Republicans have been on a mission to do in parts of the United States. Now, as I start to wrap up here, I should say, it's not like Gorbachev has been, you know, a significant political figure in Russia for a while. He hasn't been like, you know, leading the opposition, holding anti-war protests, getting poisoned, you know, the typical Russian political stuff. But it is pretty clear that he, a man who made a brutal totalitarian regime less totalitarian, is at least privately critical of Putin. A man who has effectively strangled in the cradle, potentially, the one shot at any semblance of normalcy that Russia's ever going to have. Gorbachev's passing won't be political significant, politically significant, but like... Viewed in this historical context, it feels like a tragic metaphor, with tragic real-world implications both for the Russian people and for everyone else who either has suffered or is now suffering as a result of Russia's complete blowing of the opportunity that Mikhail Gorbachev once created for them. On that note, I think I'll leave it there. All right, well, that's it for this episode of OK Talks. Look at that, got through another one. 
If you like the podcast, either as it was before or as it gets back up and running again, please like it, subscribe to it. It should be appearing on all the major podcast streaming platforms. And most of all, share it with somebody else who might like it. As I mentioned in the last one, for any of my audience who are on Twitter, uh, I also have one of those. You can find me at OWS Kendall. That's O-W-S-K-E-N-D-A-L-L. Really, please do feel free to tweet at me. I have seriously been kicking around the idea of trying to field uh, more engagement from the audience, maybe work that in in some way, answer questions, opine on things uh, that come up uh, or that, that um, folks in the audience want me to talk about in some form. So, you know, yeah, go follow me there if you want. As always, thanks to Nate Wright for having designed the podcast artwork, and thanks to you for listening.